Blog Talk Radio.
call that person, if you would just do it, it would be over. But instead, you know, a day later or three days later or a week later, I'm, you know, still going, I really should do such and such a thing. I can't blame you for that, Leslie. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And none of this was, like, huge stuff. Right. It's not, you know, not like uh, I can't even think of anything that would be really huge. But if I'm doing that with little things, you know, what's the likelihood that I'm also doing, I would be likely to do that with something that was more important or big. Yeah, and it's those little insidious things in my life that really become kind of the undercurrent to things. So if I'm not taking care of those little things, I find that those are the things that that kind of trigger bigger reactions to other things. Right. Yeah. You know, I wasn't conscious of when I was my worst enemy any more than I normally am. And I think I really am fairly ongoingly saying, oh, my goodness, look how I'm setting myself up or look how I'm sabotaging this activity or look how I'm not. And and it's fairly real time, unfortunately, for me. You know, I used to look back at the times I think it was just joyful when I could kind of be naive or not aware. Ignorance is bliss. It's it's a strange, strange thing to actually be aware of in real time that I have a choice and that, you know, make that choice that doesn't serve me. That's deeply ill, isn't it, really? It's really interesting. It's deeply normal, <laughs> unfortunately. Deeply human, human, human. So I um, grabbed a tea bag right before the show started and plopped it in some hot water to make some fast tea while we were doing the show. And I just noticed the... Um, Saying it's a yogi tea bag. Oh, yeah. Maybe yogi tea will want to be one of our sponsors. <laughs> I'm mentioning you, yogi tea, mm-hmm. on the radio. Um, and on yogi tea, at, on the tea bag, they have on one side at the end of the string their logo, and on the other side, you know, a little fortune or a little saying. And mine today is unite with your own higher self and create a friendship. Mm. And as we're talking about when am I on my, my own worst enemy, you yep. know, it's yep. like, no, yep. you, your, your other option is to uh-huh. unite with your higher self and create a friendship between you and your higher self, that spiritual calling, that inner voice, that whisper of God saying, this is how you should act, this is what you, you know, this is how you want to be in the world. I'm like, oh, okay, is that perfect timing? That is so cool. And I have gotten better at that part of the of the equation. When I do something not too good for myself, I'm practicing the forgiveness, the self forgiveness, and the letting you know, not berating for four days over a two minute action. So I am in the practice of that, which really is, is That's a huge, big growth for Leslie. Huge, yay, huge. yay for Leslie! So uh, you know, I think that is befriending my human self, and then when I, as as Yogi said there, you know, am in touch or in living out of my, out of the locus, I've heard Reverend Petra use that term several times this month at the Center for Spiritual Living, living out of the locus of the divine, yep. and I think that's an interesting way for me to think of it in terms of, you know, am I, who's taking the lead in this choice or who's taking the lead in this action? Is it my human or is it my divine inner locus? So there you go. So that was good homework. It would be uh, if anybody has uh, homework to report, they can always put it on the comment page on the on the website because it is interesting to see how kind of as we journey through this, it's always very encouraging for me to hear how other people do it, to see how other people do it, to hear other people's stories. Right. Um, and just like we're encouraging our listeners on their spiritual path. Our listeners encourage us right. um, as well, and we learn from from you all just as much as we learn from each other. So absolutely post a comment if you have an example of how you what you noticed in right. terms of you being your own worst enemy or what you do to keep yourself from being your own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear those stories. And um, if we now want to make another link, I think it takes courage 
It takes courage to love your enemies. It takes courage oh, to be your own best friend instead of oh. your own worst enemy. And oh. so that's enough of a connection between last week oh, and this week. There you go. Very good, and, and we're going to take Get a break. Get connection points. I like that. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path, hosted by Leslie and Tracy. And today our theme is courage. courage. What is courage? Does saying yes to Spirit require courage? Does saying mm. yes to Spirit give you courage? When do you need to be courageous in your life? And where does your courage come from? That gives us a lot of, a lot of mm. directions to choose from. Courage. Courage. You know, I think, um, what was the first sentence you read that resonated? What is courage and does saying yes to spirit require courage? You know, I think it I think it does many times require courage to do the thing that is um that is spiritually, you know, the best thing for me. And I think many times that I um if I don't take that courage in the moment, then what I discover is that it takes a lot more courage later on to go back, in a way. It's like I can take a, a, a small amount of courage and, and push through and do it by intuition or do the right thing in the right moment. Or if I don't use the courage that moment, then it's like then that experience, that missed opportunity, then becomes a larger thing that down the path will take almost more courage to address. That makes sense. Yes. So yes, I think it does take courage sometimes to to do the spiritual, to do the best thing, the highest good. I, I agree. I I just have you know example after example going into my coming into my head about yeah you know sometimes it was, feels like it would be so much easier to just like call someone names and tell them how much, you know, how stupid they are, in my opinion, at that moment. But the courage is to, you know, be who I I really want to be, who I know I really am from the inside out, um, or to speak up and say things from a spiritual perspective when I know that people don't want to hear it, whoever I'm talking to or the group that I'm in. And not try to convert them or, you know, not even really be an evangelist or anything like that, but just to stand the ground of that's not the right thing to do or you all can do that, but I am not going to do that Um, because in my mind the spiritually grounded thing to do would be to do something else. And that takes courage because it's like risking that those folks will judge me or will not want to be around me or won't invite me the next time. Um, But I'm saying yes to spirit being the guide in my life. So, um, yeah, that takes courage. It's interesting. I'm taking this um, Bible of the New Thought at the center with uh, Reverend Petra, and that is really one of the topics that we're talking about in terms of when we do – the spiritual thing, many times, we're the odd man out, or we look odd, or actually, and sometimes um, when we, uh, you know, actually people will 
say we have rose-colored glasses on or, you know, they won't take us seriously. Or we kind of actually walk differently. We've been talking about the concept um, that, that really when you have this spiritual, uh, you know, evolution, you're working into the, you know, transformation that you actually start to kind of just see the whole world differently. And so people might not affirm that. And people might not embrace that with you. Right. And so the courage it takes to continue being authentically who you, who I am, when other people around me maybe aren't affirming me, that exactly. does take courage. Yes, it does. So I think, yeah, it does take courage to say yes to spirit. And I think a lot of faith, a lot of a lot of religions use that. Um, you know, that you are setting yourself apart, but use it from the reverse. Instead of just you having the courage to do what's right, it, it makes you better than the sinner. No, it oh. makes you better than. Right. But it's still, even if that's your mindset that, you know, these other people are sinners and I'm going to be better than that and I'm going to be saved, mm-hmm. it still takes courage not to go do what your friends are doing are what the people in your family want you to do if you really are being led spiritually to behave in a different way. So I think it's courage either way, even though we we kind of look at it more of it's an inside-out job and it's I'm showing up as who I am and it doesn't have any, I don't have any judgment about what other people do. Right. You know, they may not affirm me. It would feel good if they would affirm me, but they may not affirm me, but, you know, they're living their journey. Right. And in in some faiths, it's, yes, you do this so that you are better than. And, and then there's judgment about the other people. That's interesting with twist, isn't it? Yeah. The courage to follow the masses versus the courage to follow your own inner source. Or intuition. Both take courage, but one's following your inner guide, the inner divine voice, and one's following the. I don't think it, I think it takes a lot less courage to follow the masses because that's what everybody else is doing. If you're in your church and you're following their minister or their oh no, I'm thinking the masses in terms of culture. Yeah. yeah. In terms of, you know, you go to school with 2,000 people and, um, you know, the norm is, I guess I'm thinking of, you know, like a teenager or a college student, it's easy to go with the masses. It's easy to just follow along with what everybody else is doing. Right. Um, At work, you know, you're in a department of 10 people and everybody else is, you know, going out um for drinks on Friday night after work almost every week, and you don't have anything against drinking, but you want to spend time with your family, or you, um, you know, you've made a commitment to your children that Friday night is, you know, family pizza and movie night, and, you know, what do you choose? Well, do you choose to go along with everybody else? Or do you choose to do what's right? And so I think from a religious and spiritual perspective, it's the same kind of decision. Do I go along with everybody else? Do I tell, you know, half-truths? Do I withhold information from the customer because getting the sale is the most important thing? Or out of integrity, do I tell the customer, you know, you're choosing between these four cars and, you know, of these four cars, this one has better gas mileage, and this one over here, you know, has a slightly less lower safety record. And, you know, am I going to tell you the out truth. of integrity right, right, right. all that you need to know and believe that you're going to then trust me and you're going to still buy a car for me, you know, one of these four. Maybe the one you really want is actually not the best one. And if you said, if you said safety is... Be critical in your decision, and you're getting ready to choose the one that is the least safe. And that pays me the most commission. Right. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. So how do and you yeah, make that decision? Yeah. 
And you know, there's all sorts of little ethical things. Have you have you seen that new TV show called What Would You Do on Channel ABC? I don't know what channel it is in different areas, but it's, it's called What Would You Do, and it has scenarios with actors. Yeah. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. That is my, like, new favorite show because it kind of sets up ethical dilemmas. Um, one specific one a couple of weeks ago was this couple was sitting at a bar, actors, and the girl goes off to the bathroom and the guy drugs her drink. And people at the bar obviously see that he does it in a manner that he, you know, draws people's attention to he's doing it. And to see how many people, you know, come and intervene for her when she sits back down and she takes a sip and she says, oh, I'm getting dizzy or it feels hot in here. And so the courage it takes to step into somebody's life, and I am really, really probably too much about that, perhaps some of my friends would say, but I just, I think that's, that's a critical part of being a part of a small little spiritual community, a larger neighborhood community, a bigger work community, and then like random strangers on the street community. I'm just, I'm just such an avid believer that if I don't stand up and stand in for someone that I see that needs standing in, and my idea needs it, right, right. If this woman's being drugged, right. But, uh, you know, how am I then accountable, which is my other favorite word, um, next to work, uh, how am I accountable for the for the ripple effect of that action if I don't step in or, you know, take take action and have the courage to step in and say, hey, he drugged your drink, or hey, you know, come to the bathroom and then, you know, pull her out of the situation and tell her kind of thing. So it's really interesting to watch that show. I love that show. Yeah, I love this show too. And they they uh, have a fair number of of excerpts from past shows on YouTube. Oh, so really? Okay. If you've never watched the show on TV, uh, but you're intrigued by Leslie's explanation, uh, go to YouTube and um, just you know put in the YouTube search. What would you do? And you'll get a lot of episodes that come up. What's interesting for me is I agree that it takes courage on all of on all there's so many different situations and scenarios on that show uh-huh. that they use every week. I mean they've been doing the show for a while, so they're always coming up with all these different scenarios. And it is interesting to me first how many people don't do anything. Yeah. That don't have the courage to right. do anything. Um and then secondly what people choose to do. So, like, as you were describing that situation from the recent show, and it was like you felt important, that it would be important to be courageous to protect her, right? you know, the girl, and that you would do something. When she came back and started drinking, you know, or she, yeah, and, you know, take her away from it, remove her from the situation, something. And I and it hit me it, when people saw the guy putting the stuff in the drink. How many people would actually say that's the point of courage to go to him and say, "What are you putting in her drink? Why would you put something in her drink? Do you realize we saw you put something in her drink?" All right. Even before she came back. Uh huh. Or when she starts getting sick. I mean, like, who do you confront? And and what do you do with that? It's like. Wow. And in other episodes, kind of the same thing. I've seen people, you know, when they step in, which part of the interaction, which person in the interaction do they go to? And then encourage, does courage mean, confronting with courage, does that mean that you are in someone's face and yelling and screaming? I mean, you know, like how do you have courage and still act from love? And still right. show up in a loving way. And so, yeah, it's like there are so many levels to uh-huh, uh-huh. to that. And also, really interesting psychology behind that show as well. They'll do uh, they'll do uh, a woman dressed, a white woman dressed conservatively, and they'll do a white woman dressed like rather you know provocatively. Then there'll be a black woman dressed, and so they'll do all four different scenarios, and they absolutely show how people's response has a lot to do with, A, what color the woman is, B, how the woman's dressed. And so it's really fascinating to watch how all those things, 
when we look at courage to do the right thing should, you know, be colorblind, dress blind, you know, who who cares what it is. Right. Or am I reacting to no human being should be treated that right. way or because I have some connection or feeling a reaction to that person because of their exterior. Yeah, and I, I do, that's how I ended up being exposed to the show because I do so much diversity work in organizations and they have done so many episodes where they have different settings right. and they'll have people who are in that setting and change them up right. by race or by age or by gender or by appearance, right. by weight, by, yeah. you know, all these different outer factors. And it is amazing that every time there's a different, people respond differently. Uh-huh. And um, it's not a... Um, it's not the most positive reflection on <laughs> humanity on American <laughs> on American, American humanity, yeah. culture. Right. Um but it is very interesting. And I always the few times I, I well, I don't watch T V hardly ever. So, you know, every so often I'll go on YouTube and pull up some and see them. Or people in classes will talk about them. Uh-huh. And every time I think, yeah, exactly what the title of the show is is perfect. What would, what would I do? Uh huh. And I have the opportunity to say, oh, I would hope that I would show right. up in this way. And you know, I've done various things like seeing people fighting at a bus stop, or you know, heard people doing things, or seeing a kid kind of be. And I've always intervened. I just my whole life, and I've always thought. Now I'm thinking. I want the cameras on me, so I'm like, oh, I hope it's a TV show. <laughs> I can be on TV doing it. <laughs> it's much less likely to be, you know, have my butt kicked from it. You're hilarious. You are hilarious. So where does courage come from? Courage comes from, where does courage come from? Do you have an answer? No, I just have a question. Do you have a thought? Do you have a thought? Where does courage Well, let me refine the question. Where does courage come from when we're saying yes to spirit, when we are showing up as a human representation of the quality, of God qualities? Where does that courage come from? Here's a little twist for it. If I'm acting out of spirit, if I'm acting out of my divine locus, I don't think I'm acting in courage. Because I think my divine locus, is that, am I using that word correctly? Uh, if I'm acting out of my Christ consciousness, then I'm not acting courageously because I'm just being the divine incarnate and there's no courage there. I don't think it was, I don't think any master teacher like Jesus or any, it wasn't courageous for him to go and have the 40 days of in the wilderness of sin or it wasn't really even courageous all the different things that, that he did because he was acting out of who he was. He was living that spiritual Christ consciousness, experiencing that, living there. So I don't think that's courageous. So when I'm doing it out of that place, I'm really not using courage. It just simply is. So I would have to say that courage comes from when my human is in charge and I'm trying to access courage to get my human to play well with others. Yes, or when I'm taking my human self and and saying, okay, I'm putting you aside because I am going to now walk um, in Christ consciousness, and then at that point, then I'm just being all that I can be, and it doesn't feel courageous because I don't have fear. Um, I it must be in the series that's happening now, but uh, the the reaction of or the report of the events leading up to the crucifixion and with Jesus that there was a point where um, there was some fear Take this cup from, from the me. human perspective and then making a conscious choice of no, you know, here's reminding Reminding himself, no, this is what I really know. And then from that point, it's I'm doing what I am supposed to be doing, and so everything else is fine. And But the courage, the point of courage was in stepping 
noticing the fear and and the consequence. Right. The consequence of this choice will be death. The consequence of this choice will be, you know, being ostracized. The consequence of this choice, and it's really not a choice because here's what I know. And then you kind of, you know, take that deep breath and go, no, this is who I am. This is, this is God, life. You know, this is a life of God showing up. And so now I'm not afraid. Now it's not a choice. Now it's a commitment. And it's just a state of being. But even master teachers like Jesus right. have those moments. Right. And we don't focus on those. We focus on the once the choice has been made. Right. Standing in okay. spirit. Yeah, because it is an interesting concept. Because sometimes it can be hard to do the right to do the intuitive. Um, spiritual thing and it, to push through that fear or that social anxiety or that whatever the thing is that, you know, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or I don't want to make a fool of myself or I don't want to be seen as, you know, blah, blah, blah. So there's courage to push through that even if I'm acting out of my divine center to be able to to push through that anxiety and then kind of getting in that flow. And then, you know, it's interesting too, sometimes after I do something that's, you know, maybe really deeply spiritually correct but fearful or, you know, not looked well upon by by the humans around me, you know, there's kind of that uh, debriefing of, of anxiety or, you know, not anxiety is not the right word, but just kind of like relief. Like, oh, I did it, and it's kind of emotional afterwards. And so many times when I do the the quote-unquote spiritual thing, there's kind of a flood of emotion after that experience. And maybe that's the affirmation, you know, that I was in the flow of it because I'm letting that emotion out. I don't know how that works, really. Mm -hmm. But when I'm kind of fighting or resisting doing the right thing, I don't, I, I kind of stay all caught up in the emotion of the, you know, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't ever, I don't ever get to exhale. I guess that's the way to look at it. Right. And when I when I do the spiritual things, I then get to kind of exhale and let all of that anxiety or fear that I was feeling before the moment go and I'm freed of it. And then it's like interesting how the courage of one experience to do the spiritual thing feeds the next time. Mm-hmm. And I get, you know, more courageous and more courageous. And the opposite works as well. If I, you know, kind of duck out or don't do what I know to do or don't follow my intuition, then that kind of has feeds itself and then it's harder that first time getting back into doing a courageous or the spiritual thing. So it's almost like whatever I do on the little things and repeatedly you know, kind of builds momentum. Yes. Where do you think courage comes from? Do you have a sense of... Uh, well, actually, I didn't have anything that I had thought about in advance of the of the show. Um, and then when you talked about, you know, really, it's not courage when you are walking in Christ consciousness. It, re- it really is not courage. Once you've stepped into that and made the conscious choice... Uh-huh. Then, you know, but the courage for me comes from the commitment um, when I'm standing in, in the humanity. Uh-huh. Yeah, the courage comes from, okay, what am I, what do I really believe? What am I, who am I really committed to being in the world? That gives me the courage to step back into the spiritual being that I am and not get stuck in the human being that I am and give up my um, my will or my ego, my comfort, and, you know, the, to be in a different place. That might not be as comfortable, but because of the commitment, it, 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 it's a no thing. It may not be, you know, effortless, but it's a no thing. I'm really clear about 
how I want to be and who I want to show up as. So it doesn't feel like courage anymore. Uh-huh. So for me, the courage, the courage comes in the step before. The courage is only necessary, as you said, when I realize I'm standing in my humanity, uh-huh. and I want to move to spirituality about something, uh-huh. about anything. About anything, yeah. And so for me, that, that, where does that courage come from? That courage comes from belief and commitment. You know, it's a choice. Uh, it, belief and commitment that drive a choice. And, are we, and, and, and we've said on the show before how we're constantly in a state of choice and just the level of some choices are easier than others. Yes, yeah. and some choices are so automatic, habitual, right. that we don't even realize we're choosing, but we are. Right, 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 right. And then when, our li- when my life gets kind of unmanageable, to reflect back and look at the little choices along the way that I made to create that unmanageability... You know, it does take courage to kind of realign myself and get back in line with the Christ consciousness of, you know, the truth of who I am. It does take more courage then. So it's almost like, you know, if I just, the obvious thing of the daily practices and the different things, if I stay in line and do do it repetitively, you know, the amount of courage it takes, I think, is less. And that's why Emerson said, a great part of courage is the courage of having done the thing before. Oh, see, now I have that to read that again. A great part of courage is the courage of having done the thing before. Yeah. yeah. I, I, This has happened before. I've made a, this choice before. I can do it again. A situation similar to this has happened before. I survived it by doing the right thing. I can do it again, again, and again, until it becomes such a habit that it is. it doesn't feel like you're using courage at all. And to other people, have you ever uh-huh. had that happen where you did something and other people were like, you were really brave to say that or to speak uh-huh. up or to... I can't believe you were courageous enough to do that. And you look at them like, like what else would I do? Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, and I and again, I just have always had. I guess that's I don't, I, that's always been a social justice thing in me. I guess even when I was young, I would step out and do things at work and stand up for people that were being picked on or you know whatever. And I many times got that reaction of you know how could you do that? And I'm like, well, how could you not? My <laughs> always reaction was. How could you sit there and watch that and not do something, you know, because it's, like, so strong in me. And so, you know, I'm easy to find judgment in those who don't act. Oh, my gosh, you know, that person's bleeding, metaphorically or literally. You know, how could you not reach out and try to, you know, soak up some of the blood? But um, so, yes. And it it is interesting to watch then how, you know, I do kind of get in that judgment phase of uh, something, you know. You know, I judge the people that were around the Holocaust as harshly as I judge the people that were putting them in the gas chambers because it's like there's an equal amount of accountability. There's my word again in terms of, you know, if I know something's happening, you know, and I don't take action, I'm as accountable as the person doing the action, I think. I'm always, I don't know where that came from. That, that came somewhere from me. I came in the world with that. What? Well, yeah. Go ahead. Laughing with me? Well, no, it's a little bit of a digression because, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, your courage to act Uh is fabulous. And then what what I'm reacting to is, but if I'm really doing it out of my sense of spirit, then you know I don't right. I don't have the judgment of what other people did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's not about them. It's about me showing up and doing what's right. <laughs> so I'm just. A I'm little, not that healthy yet. I'm over here going, oh my goodness, people! I'm just a little, wrong with you. a little distracted mm-hmm. by that, but yeah. it's a sidebar. I get that. I get that. So another quote uh, from Euripides is, a coward turns away. No, that's not the one I want. I want the (laughs) one uh, Euripides. Oh, this is courage in a man. 
to bear unflinchingly what heaven sends. This is courage in a man, to bear unflinchingly what heaven sends. And the courage to, well, the courage of Jesus to walk into what he knew meant would be crucifixion. You know, mm-hmm. so the Garden of Gethsemane and the, you know, okay, it, it, you know, I'm not trying to bargain with you, God, but, you know, if, if this really is what I have to do, okay. But, you know, if you can make this go away, that's that's really great. But your will will be done. You know, I'm willing to do it, but just make sure this is what you want. And I think a lot of times that, you know, that that's where the courage comes in. Like I said, moving, like and like you said first, moving from the humanity of this isn't going to feel good or, you know, I really would like something else, but if this is what I'm supposed to do from a spiritual perspective, then I do believe and I do trust that it will lead to good. And so... You know, I will do. Martin Luther King, I'll take the bullet because Malcolm X, I'll, you know, Bobby, not so much Bobby Kennedy because I don't think Bobby Kennedy expected to be killed. But that whole idea of I'm going to do what's right and even if that means my death, my physical right. death. Right, right, right. And I wonder how courage is because um, the idea of, oh, what's the right word? Wait, think about this. The, the quote of, you know, God's will, and that's a very common thing, you know, God's will be done. God's will be done. And um, then looking at it from a science of the mind perspective or a, me- or a more metaphysical kind of perspective in terms of that the divine has no real investment or desire for it to go a particular way. Um, so is it courageous then, does it take even more courage to not say, well, this is God's will that I do it this way, but, you know, that this is, this is, um, I know what I want to say and I'm not saying it very well. But well, you know that when it's I a, say, so from a metaphysical perspective, if I say God's will be done, mm-hmm. I am very much saying that from the, I mean, not reading the Bible, but when I, if I'm, if I were to say that uh-huh. for myself, it wouldn't be some external. It would be yes, that I know the qualities of God, and because I am acting from the qualities of God, then, then, in in effect, I am choosing what furthers the oneness between me and God, the oneness that I am a human representation. I am a human, I am the spirit of God in human form. And so by me going into this from the right perspective, from the perspective of this is a holy, this is a, um, a God quality thing to do, then I am doing God's will. Not not an external God saying, you better act a certain way. You better do this. Right. And I think when, you know, Jesus, from a spiritual perspective, was so grounded in, wow, you know, there's another way, but this is what the integrity is. I'm going to, you know, be accused of this, and I'm not going to lie my way out of it. I am not going to. This is how this, this culture, this government, this, these leaders perceive what I am doing. But that is what is my mission to do. Right, right, right. And so if this is the consequence that humanity is putting on my actions, I'm not going to walk away from my actions that are in God. That are in line with right, and in that sense, God's will is being done because I am living. Mm-hmm. I am living the spiritual belief. Now, this is a human consequence. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> oh well, it's gonna hurt. Oh well, 
as my physical being is going to, you know, be in pain. Oh, okay. Not a well, but okay. And then kind of the courage to look at how I, how our life is today, you know, is in terms of the choices that we've made or how we've, you know, lived in line with spirit before today. And that takes courage, I think, to see the truth of who we are and to see the truth of our circumstance and how we have kind of made our own bed. You know, I think it takes courage to be in integrity with understanding that instead of trying to, when you were talking about God's will, I think a lot of times I'll try to hide, well, it must be God's will that I didn't get that job. It must be God's will that, they, you know, that person didn't, you know, fall in love with me. So that is an easy fallback for me not to then have to have the courage to see, well, you know, my actions, my reactions, my thoughts, my beliefs created the, you know, path of least resistance to me getting to where I am. So versus... And I think that takes sometimes courage to see my own actions led me to this reaction in life versus saying it's God's will for me not to be there. It's an interesting. I think there's a, a lot of ways historically, you know, and it's an easy fallback for me being raised Methodist. That was certainly, you know, something we would talk about in terms of, you know, God's will be done and, you know, if things didn't work out, then. It's that yeah. God, he decided not to have it work out that way, and I can't do anything about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so it does take courage, I think, to sit back and say, no, you know, as Jesus said, you know, greater works than these. You know, he, he was the master teacher of teaching us that we have the inner resolve, the inner being of heaven within It's all very interesting, and I would not think about courage and spirituality that much, really, you know, but I think it does, the more we talk, you know, I think there is an element of courage when 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 I first started, you know, taking some actions, and still today, you know, different actions on different levels take courage, but um, I don't I don't know that courage is something that I really think I access much. Really? Today. In a day-to-day way? Uh-uh. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. My choices are fairly obvious to me now. I mean, I'm fairly that third eye of that observer. I'm fairly, I'm fairly observant of what I do, and you know, it, it's not. I don't know. I think it actually takes more courage. You know, in a strange way, it it, it takes more resolve now to kind of screw up my life. <laughs> It's like that, you know, that uh, that automatic thing now is more geared towards doing the spirit thing and being, you know, at peace with whatever's going on. And if I'm at peace with whatever's happening, then there's not a lot of courage that has to be accessed through there, I guess. I don't know. It's just a strange little twist. But I don't think it takes as much courage. I don't... I'm not feeling... Like it takes as much courage to do what I do in my daily life now as it did five years ago or ten years ago. So, um, if anyone read your book, mm. "The Courage to Kill Myself," right, they would tricky title. Uh, yeah, they would um, know a lot about the role courage has played in your growth and development. Yes. Decade by decade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a big view. And, you know, courage to stay. I think a lot of my courage in terms of psycholo- psychology of my life, in terms of staying with um, kind of doing my psychological work, has taken a lot of courage um, because of childhood trauma stuff. But the spiritual stuff, in a strange way, and I think this kind of says what we were talking about before, really when I get into that zone of the spiritual stuff, it comes much more naturally. It takes much less effort when I'm in the spirit, when I'm in line with the spiritual flow of my inner being. Um, I'm less aware of the courage it takes. And when I'm in the muck, 
when I'm just, you know, lavishing around in the victim, then um, it takes a lot of courage to get up and out of that and just get dressed. And, um, yeah, yeah, my story has certainly, over the years, decades, that's taken a lot of courage just to get dressed, just to get up and get out. I like the (laughs) distinction between courage on a psychological level or living life from a psychological perspective. Yeah. And how that's different than courage thinking about living life from a spiritual perspective. Yes. That there is um, some difference. And courage from a physical perspective. If you feel like you're in physical danger. Oh, yes. Or someone else is in physical danger. Uh-huh. Um, how does courage play out then? Right. So, so um, actually, since the title of the book is Courage to Kill Yourself, and a lot of people listening in have not read the book, uh-huh. um, you might want to explain the title and what the book is about. And there's a little tag that says, uh, Courage to Kill Myself, One Person's Journey Toward Joy. Because I had a friend when I was writing it that said, if I just had the title Courage to Kill Myself, it seemed like a manual on how to kill myself. Right. Let's so, manual. So, <laughs> if you want to know how to kill yourself. But, uh, you know, it is. It's my memoir. It's my um, journey. And uh, I was a, uh, had childhood sexual abuse and going through that and, and the spiritual and psychological journey out of that. And um, I do think that there's a huge kind of thing that we do in terms of psychology and being a therapist kind of like it's my own deal so I can have my own opinion on it. But uh, there's a lot of um, psychological recovery that if there's not a spiritual element to it, that it kind of only goes so far. And so um, the book talks a lot about kind of a, a, a blessing, a combination of a psychological recovery at the time, same time of a spiritual unfolding and, and understanding that really, you know, I'm all about the instant transformation and the Eckhart Tolle, you know, he had the overnight experience where everything was just, he just woke up the next morning in bliss. I certainly believe that's a possibility in the world, but that's not been my experience. So the spiritual and the psychological had to kind of go hand in hand. And it took, um, again, a lot of courage many days, the psychological courage to get dressed, go to work, when some of those trauma uh, things were happening in real time, and part of my history was that I didn't have the memories. So just the courage to find out what was wrong with me because I thought I was crazy. Or I thought I, you know, didn't react to life and to people like everybody else did. So the courage to get into hypnotherapy and to do different things to try to discover why I thought the way I thought, and why I reacted to to life the way I reacted. So, so. Um, one of the things that recently went through my mind that never went through my mind before. Wow. It was an it was new. original thought. It was an original thought. Related to the book Ooh. and related to the title. Back, you know, when you were writing it, when you first came out, this never went through my mind. But we were doing two weeks, a two-week two module on death and dying as part of the class that I'm taking, right? And um and I came across the your book and it was courage to kill myself and I thought, you know, really from a spiritual perspective ah, uh-huh. that really is we talk about dying daily or oh, Joel Goldsmith nice. talks about dying daily that mm-hmm. that we choose to die yes. from our old beliefs or from whatever happened today, and be reborn into a new belief, into a new choice. And it really was the first time that I said, now I like the title of your book. <laughs> That's good. Because I was one of the people who were like, please don't make that title of your book. <laughs> okay, once you decide it, okay, it's your book, it's your title, but I you know, never liked the title of the book. Right. For what the book is, right, right, and so it was. That was the first time I was like, "That's a great title: the courage to kill myself, that my old spiritual beliefs, my old patterns, versus 
you know, courage to kill myself, commit suicide, and kill the physical body. Right. But the courage to kill my old beliefs, my old patterns, and and create new ones. Uh-huh. It's a really powerful spiritual practice. Uh-huh. Um, so, anyway. Just sharing. That's very good. That's very good. That's right. That's right. It's, it's definitely the title. Definitely gets your attention one way or the other. Yeah. And here's an interesting twist on that, the courage. His 12-step programs will talk a lot about kill the ego, courage to kill the ego and, the, and to, you know, daily die, like you're saying. But it's interesting in my journey, because I did try to, there's this inner critic, this inner voice, this kind of, I call it the bully. Um, the more I tried to kill that part of me, the more active that part of me became. And so there was a very spiritual experience when I finally surrendered and thanked that part of me because there was yes. a purpose in the bully, you right. know, in my ego, and and kind of embraced that part of me. And then that's when it went silent. So the courage kind of, I don't know, it came right. in. Well, because, yeah, trying to get rid of something right. is always harder than just replacing it with something new and appreciating it for what it is. So we've talked yeah. in several shows about, you know, the ego is just doing its job. It's protecting you, you know. It's it's saying this is, you know, you don't want to go there. That will be scary, so we better make sure you stay away from that. And we'll tell you anything you need to hear that's going to keep you from going down that path. And if it's been doing that for a long time, it's, it's not only really skilled at doing that, but it really started out of protection. Yes, and I think that's the that's the the genesis of it. It started out of protection and now it's run amok. So it is kind of a balance. I don't want to listen to it now, but I do want to affirm its its gift, its value, its value in the past. Right. But it can't run my life completely, but it it definitely has a role um in this human form keeping me alive and keeping me from hurting myself, um, and that's also where courage, courage to choose. Okay, got you, hear you, I hear you saying this is dangerous, I understand why you think that, thank you so much right. for warning Thanks me. Thanks for sharing, but, right. well, yeah, and, and, and now I'm going to do this because yeah. it's the right thing to do. You know, that reminds me, I've tried a little tricky thing the last few weeks. I've tried uh, not saying but, but saying and yes. instead of but, and that's been kind of fun. And another thing, when we talk about the show and the journey of the show, today, Tracy Brown, happy birthday. We've been doing this show one year. Is that correct? Yay. 52 weeks. 52. How about that? I can't even keep Woo-hoo. a plant alive for a year. So this is, <laughs> this is the most consistent thing. Yes, yes, saying yes to spirit for one year. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. And then just the practice of this. We can stop right now. now. <laughs> we did it for we a year. We did it for a year now. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting, though. You know, and again, as we talk about daily practices, you know, the practice of this has been very, very powerful for me. Very good for me, Tracy Brown. Thank you for participating in the journey. Well, you're welcome, but thank you. Because I talk about this stuff. <laughs> And I really encourage people to do it because it's really interesting when you sit down and just start talking about stuff. Yeah. And once again, our time is up. So um, we've talked about courage. I hope if you've listened in that you would add a comment to the show page. Um, And we hope that uh, you'll join us next week. Um, We're going to do five weeks in a row with C words. (laughs) Today was courage. creativity, crisis, conflict. So please join us again. And during the next week, please say Say yes to spirit.
Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.